Good evening. You're listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I am your host, Troy Goodfellow. Rob Zachney has the week off, which is kind of new for him. He doesn't have a lot of weeks off, which is probably for the best, because we're talking about a game he doesn't have a lot of experience or fun with. But I do have two very special guests here to uh, talk about what I think is one of the best strategy series ever made. Uh, we did a show on it as a strategy game way back in like season one. <laughs> or season two of uh, Three Moves Ahead, and that is The Sims Games. Sims 4 is uh, the new version, and maybe the last version from EA, of the dollhouse-slash-RPG-slash-fashion-slash-dating-slash-building sim. And with us uh, tonight, first, uh, a frequent guest, one of our dear friends uh, from the UK, Mr. Paul Dean from Eurogamer and Shut Up, Sit Down. Hello, I'm a dear friend, am I? What? Well, I think so not at this point we're kind of dear friends aren't you keep pinging me on google talk okay well that's that's great thank you i've got a very low threshold for friendship oh dear uh and making her debut appearance on three moves ahead uh from kotaku i think the first kotaku staff member to be on three moves ahead uh patricia hernandez patricia welcome to the show hi glad to be here troy so Patricia, because you're the rookie, we're going to throw it, I'm going to start with you. Um, this is the fourth version of Sims, and usually with every start of a new Sims, they take some stuff out, they go back to the beginning, and they reboot things a little bit. What is missing from Sims 3? Where does Sims 4 start? What does it add? What does it take out if you're coming to this fresh out of Sims 3? I'm actually, I've, this is my first uh, foray into The Sims world, so I have never played The Sims before, and that was sort of why I became interested in it, because really? it, be- it became clear to me that it was this, like, massive, like, phenomenon or whatever that, that a lot of, like, people weren't, who don't self-identify as a hardcore gamers like and I just wanted to see what it was about so it's kind of funny to to, to read all the uh, reactions about things that that were taken out and I'm just kind of like well this this all seems good to me like even though I recognize that there are a bunch of things that aren't in there anymore well then let's go to that what are people what are people complaining what stands out to you here you are a newcomer to the series what are people pointing out to you saying yeah but we don't have this uh well I think the biggest thing was the uh pools and toddlers right there's a big controversy about that and again like as someone that's new to this the the, something so granular seems like almost baffling to me now playing it i can understand it but when i initially heard about this i was like whoa this is like i don't know uh people on call of duty freaking out because they took out some scope or something like uh (laughs) and then once once i started playing it and i saw this obsession with like killing your sims i came to understand the the pool thing more i suppose uh the toddler thing not as much even though it's a little bit freaky that uh that babies turn into little kids right away but i i can definitely see the appeal of the pools now people don't have as many options to kill sims paul are you an experienced sims player i i guess so i played uh, some of the third, but I played the first and the second quite a lot, I guess. So I suppose I am. I'm one of those people who um, maybe I have to hand in my hardcore gamer card because I enjoy it. I've enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> and um, I'm not supposed to be in... I, whatever the, the idea of the demographic is for that, I'm not supposed to be in that. But I like it. I always have. And I, I quite like the new one, too. 
I mean, it's this weird image that The Sims has. We talked about this. We talked about it on the show years ago. It has this image of not being a really hardcore, you know, gamer slash game. But it really has a lot of the things that me as a strategy gamer that really appeal to me. I mean, it has time management. It has resource management. It has these levels and scales you have to climb up to. It has this information the importance of space, the conception of space and design is really integral to Sims happiness. So it has this sandboxy stuff that really appeals to me as a hardcore strategy gamer. Wow, that's that's really interesting because you were, you said this earlier and I was like wondering why we were going to talk about this game on this podcast. But now now it makes sense. Yeah, I mean this is a this is something that Tom Check and I kind of, one of the few things we have in common. This is we see Sims as like one of these master strategy games. Well, I mean it's not just a strategy game, but it has all of these things that when we think of a strategy game, it has the, stra- the strategy stuff. Right. Um, so to think of Sims Four, and it is such an part of the biggest tool that stands out to me when I get into it is one of the is how. The big change is how sandboxy it is, I think, compared to other Sims. Um, How it is really emphasizing more the dollhouse play than the progression play, I think. Did you get that, Paul? I am not sure. Um, Perhaps, perhaps it does. I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm really experienced with the second and I keep comparing it to the Mm -hmm. second because that was maybe my, my true love in the series. And it feels like it, the progression is a bit slower. It feels like uh, Sims live longer. Certainly, I think the settings I was on, which does give you more chance to play around and do, um, you know, do things rather than just be career focused or be progress focused, which was the major addition that the second one made after the first, because generally after the first, you you got a better job or you got a bigger house, but you didn't really have those minor you know, those more intermediary goals, whereas the second introduced a lot more of those. And um, I fear all those are there again in the fourth as well. And a lot of them are kind of mood-based as well because your moods change a lot. Your um, your sort of your short-term objectives or what you would like to do next change a lot as, uh, a lot as well. But um, yeah, it does seem like there's a lot more, a lot more time to just kind of mess around and play around. And I kind of... I guess I quite liked that. I'm not really sure. It, the the whole thing felt immediately very familiar, but different, basically, which is a rubbish answer. <laughs> That's about as good as the answers you ever get in this show. Uh, <laughs> so, Patricia, where does this, um, since you're not a Sims player, you were discovering this and coming to it, what were your reference points for the game, and did you think that it lived up to the reference points, the other types of games that people might have compared it to? sure i think most of what i'd read about it before uh, was in the context of like oh when people were talking about the i don't know the more mainstream quote-unquote casual games or whatever i don't think that label is a uh, useful but that that was just the main the main context under which i uh read about it and i think also just weirdly uh for whatever reason, I perceived it, and I'm not saying this is right, I perceived it to have this similar stigma as, like, Second Life and, like, this this weird, like, simulation thing that I, like, wasn't sure why people played or whatever. And, like, and through the process of playing it, I think I've, I've been trying to examine where that came from and, like, what 
uh, why it came to have that sort of stigma in my head. Uh, and to, to that end, uh, I've been delving into mods a whole lot because that's also fascinating to me. Uh, what games receive press in terms of their vibrant modding communities. Like you have uh, Skyrim, which gets a ton of attention. It's been out for a few years and people are still writing about the mods. And a game like The Sims has a very active uh, mod modding community, but you don't hear about it as much in, in mainstream sites. But then you look at what sorts of mods come out for it and it's stuff like, oh... I don't know, different types of makeup or uh, I was looking at some like wilder ones like, oh, everyone can become pregnant and all, and all, and all this other <laughs> stuff. And, and so I think in, in that like, in, in that sense, uh, it, part of why I think it came to have that stigma for me was because of like who played these games and also just it, I'm like, I'm having trouble articulating this, but uh, it's, it, uh... I'm sorry. I've like lost my train sorry. of thought there. Yeah, no, the, the, the Sims modding community has been active for really uh, since the game started, and especially since Sims 2. And I'm sure you know this, Paul, that the Sims yeah. modding community is just ridiculously yeah. large. Um, it, you know, it's fashion and Sims 2 with a lot of celebrity stuff. Since so you couldn't customize the faces as much, people would mod and they do celebrity faces. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of this pop culture stuff filtering into the mainstream sites it's like oh some guy made the friends living room and that right. makes it into because it's a pop culture thing anybody can recognize that makes it into the coverage but there's all this really deep sophisticated stuff going on in the modern community that there has been for decades i think yeah. that's actually a really good point that uh that patricia's brought up it's some of the mods are very big ones and some of them are very cosmetic. But, I, I mean, I don't think cosmetic really matters because a lot of The Sims is about customising things cosmetically anyway. But it's mm -hmm. kind of... It, it does go all the way back to The Sims too, and it's kind of astonishing that some people are making, um, you know, a bunch of new costumes or just a bunch of new hedges or things like that. And it's something, I think, that, um, that hopefully will really take off, really, really take off, with this version because EA are hoping that people will use Origin to upload lots and lots of stuff and then allow everyone to download it. There's a whole framework, there's a whole interface within the game that just allows you to import other people's characters and houses. And I've already been doing that and I've already had lots of fun doing that because it just gives you new ideas. So much of the game is about making and tweaking things and I think whenever you do that in a game, in a sandbox game particularly, you get limited by your own ideas or your own cre creativity. So it's really nice to just have someone's idea of of a pool house and look at that and think, oh, I would never think of laying something out that way. You can't have a pool house. There aren't any pools. No, you're <laughs> right. I, and that's isn't that awful that one... The, the other thing that, that Patricia said, which I think is absolutely correct, is it's like removing a scope from... Call of Duty, but we all know that if you did remove a scope from a certain gun from Call of Duty, everybody would go insane because oh, yeah. the internet. Yeah, what was that story that like they made a very small tweak to Call of Duty and, and people freaked out? Yeah, I have. I, I also won't mention the name, but a, a colleague of mine who works on games that involve shooting also told me a story about a tweak that involved changing the sound of a gun. Nothing else about the weapon, just the sound of the gun. And then the amount of people who complained about how uh, how different it was now and how it wasn't as effective as it used to be. 
Oh yeah, and it, so the thing was uh, in Call of Duty, they like nerfed one of the guns, and then the developers got death threats over over the the nerfing of this gun. So I say that almost uh, like <laughs> I guess people would freak out. Uh, in 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 that context, if if the pool thing makes sense, just it's kind of just funny to think about, and especially if you're trying to explain this to someone else, you know. Yes, very very <laughs> much so. Although I think I, I have a feeling to some degree, Sims players would be still probably more forgiving than certain other kinds of players <laughs> maybe maybe okay. i don't know i don't know these are some pretty hardcore people and some pretty hardcore work especially pools since they've been there like since the beginning uh so let's talk a bit about what's going on in our sims 4 games uh patricia this is the first time you've done it where did you start like do you, do you have somebody who makes your own life do you have a character you've you use in other types of games. You try to make people you know, your family, your friends. I mean, I'm interested in how people come to a game like this because it is such a wish fulfillment, dollhouse type thing, but also there's that, oh my God, what if I starve myself feeling? <laughs> so I kind of shied away from making people that I know, if only because I was playing Tomodachi Life, which is kind of like sims light for the 3DS. And in that game, it's only people that you know, and it's sort of, freaked me out a little bit in terms of like how all of the little uh, me's had their own like they just did things autonomously and this would mean like the friend that was married to this friend is all of a sudden dating this other friend and like my me is like falling in love with this other person that I would never like you know like get involved with in real life so it's, it was funny but it was also just kind of strange so in this game, I just, you know, I made my own dude character and I like, I was basically like, what would a guy be if he was like me? So I kind of self-inserted, but then aside from that, I've been mostly playing with the, uh, the characters that already come with the game, which as I understand it, it seems like there are reoccurring characters. Like there's been the goth family in, in previous games, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's interesting to me too, actually, if you, if you guys have played a, previous games like how do you start thinking about these families that you've seen across various games i mean the the goths have always been i mean they're always that they're the the rich there's mortimer and bella right those are the mm -hmm. names yeah and i'm never quite sure who they are they're this weird rich couple who have this the name goth implies something dark's going on but i think that for some they never Bella never comes off looking pretty well. She's, for some reason, she's, I don't want to say town skank, because that's really the wrong way to phrase it, but that seems to be the way that, in earlier games, she sort of has this femme fatale type look. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's sort of that feel to it, like she's always on the make or something, and Mortimer's walking around in his smoking jacket, like a low-rent Clark Gable weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and it's interesting that they keep going back to these families and they're going back to this, this, this Simsville type world and they populate the universe with these, uh, families that people might know or recognize and they try to keep these same tropes to some extent going. Yeah. Um, these characters don't really evolve a whole lot. It's like, but also most players, most Sims players, they start, to my knowledge, they don't, they don't play with the prefab characters. Those are the people, you know, living in your village and you right. interact with them. So it's like you're stepping into a soap opera that's been going on for like 20 years now. Only now your TV's better, I guess. 
It's an interesting way of thinking about it. I've never felt very much attachment to the default characters. It might be a bit like that. It feels to me a bit more like a reboot because mm. you've got the, the same sort of faces, but yeah. this time around they might do something different. And it's also funny you mentioned the Goths because they're actually the only family I can remember from any of the <laughs> other iterations. And I think there have been others. And I think some of them may even be named after Maxis employees, which is a thing that tends to happen with several Whoa, of their games. Is, yeah, yeah, you'll find lots of buildings in SimCity that have Maxis employee names, for example. Um, but I, the Goths are actually the only ones I recognise, and I have a feeling that a lot of them were made to be deliberately kind of generic. Mm. And the Goths just maybe weren't quite generic enough, and they've ended up staying in only because of virtue of their actually having a personality. And Sims 3 had a little bit, had a Montague Capulet type thing going on with a couple of families. I remember that. Was that in there from the start? That I don't recall. I think it was there from the start, but it might have been one of the expansions. That's kind of fascinating. That yeah. is, actually, because I've not seen anything like that before in a Sims game. Um, but, I mean, Sims 3, you know, changed a whole lot of things uh, and added a bunch of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting that, you, that Petrus, you, say you, you start with the prefab families and their prefab traits. Um, I mean, I always start, when I when I play a Sims game, I always start with the same, I always create a character, I always call him the same thing, Morris Windsor, and he's this brown-eyed, he's this brown-eyed doof, sorry, brown-haired doofus with a sweater and a bow tie. Um, completely not me, but I think what people think I am, that mm -hmm. makes any sense. Uh, and he always, he always ends up dying in a fire. It's not intentional, it's just... I like to cook, and I like to get my characters leveled up and cooking pretty quickly, and that's a good way to die. You See, to... like, someone had told me I was, like, doing an experiment to try to kill a sim just because everyone made such a huge deal about it, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to try to kill my sim, even though it sounds kind of morbid, and I don't know why someone would do this. And people kept being like, oh, yeah, fire's a really good way of doing it, and so I, like, trapped my <laughs> sim somewhere with, like, a fireplace, and I kept making him interact with the fire but what i didn't know is that i had to put other stuff that the that the that could catch fire so he just ended up dying of like old age or something i can't even remember i think not which was almost anticlimactic because i was expecting yeah. something ridiculous with a fire i never intentionally try to kill my sims i always let I me mean, i'm with you I always found that very very morbid but you know sometimes you know sim shit happens i guess <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's incredibly grim. I've never gone out my way to do that, and I've never understood the um, the appeal of the thing that people do, where you you try and either make a sim wet themselves, or you just put them in a, a one by one square room until they starve, and you watch them suffer. Because it's it, so weird. It is weird because it's a game where so many things can happen, and you can watch so many interactions. Why would that be the thing that you choose to do? <laughs> is my question. It's this, I don't know, it's this weird thing with simulations, right? I mean, people build cities in SimCity just to throw a tornado through them, right? That's true, yeah. And I've, that's um, never appealed to me either. There's definitely this, this element of, like, I like it. It's not that I really want to do this, but the fact that it lets me do this is, like, is, is uh, piquing my curiosity. Right. So I get, like, the sim that I actually tried to kill was, like, 
my son, and it, that was real. That was weird and disturbing, and it what? wouldn't oh let me ki- kill the kid. You tried to and... kill your son. <laughs> Listen, I was doing this for science. I was doing this for doing this for science. For science, no, but it, I don't think it lets you. Ki- I'm kill doing this the for kids. science, yeah. said Richard yeah. III. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's not a game that lets you kill kids in case you were wondering. It does not. <laughs> is, is this I confirmed? Saved I saved you from doing this hor- trying to do this horrifying thing in your game. I saved people from from trying this because now I can tell them they can't do it. It was a public service. Is is this a, a fully confirmed <laughs> thing that you can't actually? Um, Kill children because it maybe might be. I'm I mean, just like, yeah, maybe I'm just bad at it. That's uh, entirely do, do, possible. Do, do generally, children have been kind of sacred at Nexus. Right. You generally don't let you kill kids. I mean, in other Sims, I know if you abandon them, the child services would come and take them away. Yes, that's well, true. They, they wouldn't too let real. You, they wouldn't let you desert and abandon. They wouldn't let you des- desert and abandon your Sims. Uh, your baby sims or child sims. They would be taken from you to prevent them from the things you could do to other sims, like starve them or let them be under mm. the trash or whatever. It's this. I haven't tried to kill children because it's not, it's not something that I could think to do, even for <laughs> science. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not the guy building the atomic bomb here. I'm not, there are some things I won't do for science. And I think killing <laughs> children is kind of up there, even sim children. So let's talk about the, the, the character development and the evolutions of traits. This has really been one of the central evolutions, I think, in the Sims series, you know, one through four. Um, the first Sims, of course, had you know just very basic, you know, their bodily functions and some basic moods. And Sims 2 improved on those. And Sims 3 added you know, aspirations and short-term goals and lifetime ambitions. And now Sims 4 is on even a deeper iteration on that um so paul let's talk about that for a bit and uh, you went to some you want to talk about this some in your review um is there something people should know coming into it about what they're ex- what to expect i would expect probably a lot of mood changes i guess and maybe more than than i thought that there would be um did, did you find that problematic i don't think so um i found it I don't know, maybe it does happen a little bit too often. And it's definitely, it definitely feels like it's happening a lot because they want to remind you that your sim has a particular personality and here comes that personality again in response to something right. else that happens. And that happens almost every, almost every day, something kind of significant happens. And even within the course of a day, I found that um, your mood can swing between, uh, you know, I'm hungry, but hungry and irritable, or uh, mm. I'm triumphant. Um, and it's very, my, my Latin teacher always told me that the proper meaning of the word passionate means that you feel your emotions to their extremes when we were studying classic stuff. So they feel like passionate characters. They feel like they could be in almost in Greek tragedies or something because yeah. their emotions swing all over the place. And, uh, but they've always been really emotive and expressive characters anyway. There's always been something kind of childish about all sims because... I guess you know it's part of the feedback mechanism is is they they go melo- melodramatic. Well, they kind of have to. I mean, it's it's it's, 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 it's a stage play. There's no dialogue. Yes. So it's all right. grand gesticulations and loud pronouncements because that's all we have to work with. It's they're, pretty good feedback. They are very dramatic about absolutely everything except their sex lives, which are the most <laughs> hidden and 
uber conservative things in the history of sex which is did you, we must... did you find that did you find that more of an issue in four than in two or three no it just i think number four was the point where i was it just suddenly struck me and i think it was because of the first time that i was actually writing about it for an audience which i don't think i've ever done for a sims game only for sim city and I don't know if this is appropriate for three moves ahead, but I just kept looking at all the different rooms in the house and all the furniture and wondering why do we have to go to the bedroom? And why <laughs> do we have to talk about it first? They, uh, so this is also partially why I've been looking at mods all the time, because this was just lo looking at mods for three and two very quickly, it became clear to me that this was a subject of high interest to people. Oh, and really? I've, just, I've been I've been waiting I've been waiting for people to make all these ridiculous sex mods and like these very detailed things that a uh, two and three have, but a uh, four does not quite have that yet. It's a, it's a matter of time. They've made a mod for like having your Sims be quote unquote naked. They're pretty much Barbie dolls. Oh you yeah, know? that it's always. It's not like there's anything really under there, but uh. That yeah, one always no, surfaces no quickly. Yet. So, Paul, you're waiting for a mod to let you have sex in the desk like you do at home. <laughs> Try. I'm just, I mean, you're the one top of other furniture. I mean, I'm not a creative Englishman. I'm just, you know, I, we all know you're all famous for your passion. I knew I should have, shouldn't have mentioned this because it's come back and it's bitten me on the arse. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm trying to frantically rack my memory for what the topic was that brought us onto this so I can We're pedal talking backwards. About, uh, emotions. So the, yeah, the emotions and just how conservative uh, that one part and discreet that one part in, of in comparison life is. to yeah in comparison to their their overblownness and other things i on the whole i like it i like the emotions thing because it, sure. it adds more of a spectrum of color and it adds it adds more choices in how to behave and react because embarrassed people could be self-deprecating to diffuse a situation or um, excited people could uh, celebrate with somebody else and i found that an interesting new couple of interactions to give people and i quite like that i i do i do like how it emphasizes per and i mean i do think the mood swings are a bit extreme in places and like from things are going well then all of a sudden your guy or lady just flips out for no clear reason other than the game says they have this personality therefore they're going to flip out but what it does do is it does keep your sims distinct from each other yes. especially when you're running a when you're running a family and you're raising kids and your kids have different personalities it's neat to have those personalities come through like you would in a real family instead of this is child a this is child b this is child c and they're all going to do the same thing and they're all going to go to school at the same time and they go through the same regimen and they're all going to be doctors god damn it one of us uh, one of or us whatever yeah so there i i do like how even though i it, how this the suddenness and the switching can, you know, throw off a game plan, um, which is sometimes great. You know, I love that in a good strategy game sometimes, but also it, it can also be irritating when it's like I'm, I'm, I, like I'm, I'm yelling at my sim, you st stop crying. It's just, <laughs> it's just a TV show. Sort of it feels thing. like babysitting, doesn't it? Like, it really, really like, does. Stop it! Just like stop doing this thing. Stop hitting yourself or whatever you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like... exactly. And there's and in other Sims, there are ways you know kind of get around that because you could. I'm not going to say min max, but there are ways to kind of suppress 
the personalities a bit more through, mm-hmm. you know, work discipline and all these other things, the grand stoic virtues that I've embraced for decades seem to work pretty well in The Sims. And you could, you could work, it would be better if you worked towards your personality, but you could work against it and suppress it some. That's a little bit harder now, I think, in Sims 4. And they do try to create these people who are distinct from each other as characters, and you really do see, I think, that come through in the way families are managed. I think babysitting is quite a good, uh, quite an interesting way of describing it. And actually, yeah. Patricia, I'd like to ask you if, if this is your first Sims experience. Did you did you find you were kind of watching and enjoying a lot, or did you find you were over managing and that was getting in the uh, way? Oh yes, because that, because that's really a big divide here, right? Do you let things evolve, or do you are, are you are you a deist or are you an involved god? <laughs> I am like. And it frustrates me, but I'm very, like, I micromanage a Sims life too much. Like, I perpetually have their little queue full. But part, part of the reason why is because, uh, they just, they don't seem to be able to take care of themselves, so it kind of frustrates me. On the other hand, though, I think to myself, well, if I just let them do their thing, then maybe the weird, wacky stuff could happen you know the stuff that you can't anticipate would just happen and then i can react to that but like part of me is too neurotic and i like i need to be able to control what the sim is doing so i'm i'm constantly having that tension yeah yeah i'm really into the management stuff i mean because you know it's the type of games that i play but and you really don't which, which means you know give me a small family and a big house and i'm kind of in heaven uh do you play a family, Paul, or do you play like one sim, or do you? I mean, what's your style? What kind of characters do you make? Uh, historically, I've always made people I know, and I've always put myself in at some point because I'm one of those people, and I don't know where that comes from, and I don't know why I do that, and maybe that warrant some kind of psychoanalysis i think that's that i think that's quite common it is but it's also quite common to not do that and i don't know if one plays out over the other this time round, i didn't actually start with myself uh i i decided that i would make all my shut up and sit down colleagues and i started with quinns and lee because they (laughs) could be a tiny um kind of nuclear family in a house and then I tried different combinations of different people, like by putting myself in a house or by putting uh, Matt in a house by himself to see what it's like for one person alone or for, for like me and Brendan if we live together. And then I started popping in other people I knew who had different personalities to see how things would bounce, you know, see if those would bounce off each other and then see what it would be like when people had children and things. Um, and that... I don't know, there's there's always an element of amusement in that because it inevitably it, it gets people telling each other stories about stuff that they did. You, you know, your friend mm-hmm. comes to you and they said, oh, you just, we were talking and you left and slammed the door in my face. It was hilarious. <laughs> if only you'd been there. Um, and I think for some people that's the appeal of a sandbox game, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. all the emergent stories, except this time it's emergent stories with you in. And the weirder it is, it's just the funnier it is because, you know, you're not supposed to be that person doing those things. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you, do you try to match this, uh, their Sims personalities with the personalities of the people that you actually know? I do, yes. So uh, that's warts and all in my case, but that 
well, hopefully only makes for a more interesting game. Do yeah, you, yeah. Do, you, do you tell Quinns what personality traits you've given him? Say, by the way, Quinns, I've made you tall and neurotic. <laughs> um, I do. I haven't. I've made him right. This is an annoying thing. Everybody is the same height, and I don't know if that used yeah. to be the case. Generally, yeah, all the ants are the same height. That if if they could change one thing, I'd really like them to do that because certainly all the people I know and all my friends in the world are a variety of heights. But yes, I, I, I generally do, and it's usually something that if, you know, if it's running and people are around, I'm quite happy for them to... I don't really hide any sort of terrible secrets where I've made everyone evil and awful, <laughs> um, and it would be embarrassing if they found my sim save. Although there's, that's an idea for a five-minute drama play, <laughs> or a funny webcomic. Um, what careers do you give your Sims? Because this is really because the career track is. I mean, one of the great critiques of the Sims throughout the entire series. I don't think they've gotten away with that in four. Really, they don't think they can because it is, you know, the American dream kind of. Is this is a game about consumerism? Really, it's about success through acquisition. The higher up you get. In your career, the more successful you are, the more things you need to own to stay at that level of happiness. Um, so this is was always found, you know, kind of an interesting way of. I'm not sure it's. I think there's kind of a thinly veiled critique in there. Do you want to write a, write a deep critical analysis of whether The Sims is embracing that idea, whether it is criticizing that idea? I think it's you know, kind of trying to have it both ways. Um, but that's, you know, a critical mm. article for another time. And I, when I was a critic, I would write this sort of thing, but now, mm -hmm. I, now I am not. So, hey, there's a free critical article there for somebody who wants to write about Sims and consumer culture. Well, it's, another one, another one, because I'd like to have been written that before. Well, I was going to um, say, I, I think it has, I'm sure it must have come up. I, I kind of tried oh, to sure touch it on it somewhat when I was, um, when I was doing the Eurogamer review and I might, I can't remember if I mentioned something about this in a, also in a SimCity mm -hmm. piece I wrote for Eurogamer, but it's, I mean, Maxis feel very Californian and they, yep. they, they make very sunny yeah. worlds full of very idealistic people who are very successful through hard work. And there's something kind of Eisenhower-ish about the sort of the whole consumerism of you can buy gadgets for your house and they will make your life better, just like in the 1950s. And spending spending equals happiness, but there, it's also a world that's entirely unlike an Eisenhower world. It's a world with like no privilege and no patriarchy and no prejudice or any any of these things. It's a world where everyone actually does succeed on their merits, um, and none of the drama in The Sims comes from where drama usually comes from in real life. So I kind of, I, I played for a little bit and then I just started using cheats and I just gave myself a lot of money and then the the question sort of became like, now, well, now that I can have most of anything in this game, like, how do I entertain myself? And that's when I started looking at uh, the ways that some of the people on, like, the Sims forums play and they're, they're very, like into role-playing and sometimes it'll be like oh okay you start with a lot with like nothing on it and how rich can you become in like x generations and that's the game but then there there are ones where they're like oh okay i'm going to play the household where 
Disney characters live and, like, what does this mean? Or, like, I'm going to play one where I try to have 100 babies in a set amount of time and how fast can I do this? It, that's a real thing. It's called the uh, 100 Baby Challenge. And just, there are a bunch of, like, different uh, 100 challenges. Baby Challenge? I don't know why someone would want to do this. And then you'll you'll see it being combined with other stuff, too, like uh, the 100 Baby Challenge for a teenage character so then you have to get the mod where you can have teenage pregnancy because the game doesn't have that and it's just it's interesting how the, all these different things intersect and how these people play this game and some yeah again like it's it's interesting just to see how creative people can be can be about it creative is one word for it but there's some <laughs> some weird teen teen mom fanfic going yeah, on yeah. there that's yeah. that's grim but that's a really actually that's a really good pl- way to approach the game i think is to actually give yourself a bunch of money and then immediately look at where else if if anywhere else where else the challenge is for you or where the appeal is because so much of the sims feels like you know a slow climb up a mountain and a lot of eas or a lot of maxis's uh intelligences in finding the boundaries of of how long it takes you to get a better shower and how long it takes you mm. to get a better toilet and mm. the amount of things that happen to you in the meantime while you're doing that that you know help you on that on that way or hinder you uh that's a sims evolutions I mean, you've talked about uh, in your review how you know subtly sims can gain weight yeah. You know, something just can just happen, and you ignore it, and it can just, it, I think it's a little bit more noticeable in four than in three because, in some ways, I, three was kind of always reminding you to do things to stay healthy. It was like a fitness trainer, uh, kind of staying on top of you. Sims four, I think, has a gives more seductive to inertia. Um, did you find? And uh, Patricia, you can chime in here here as well, since you're you know letting since you have all the money in the world, so your characters can get as <laughs> fat as they want and do whatever they want with their lives because they can just buy whatever they need. Um, Sims uh, evolving on their own and developing on their own away from the micromanagement. If you ignore them, one of the great problems I think with the Sims um, and the micromanagement side of it that I tend to follow is there could often be very very few surprises, very few problems to fix once you've found the right path. And I think that's one reason, you know, The Sims just is able to churn out so many expansion packs. So they can always give you something new to try that is surprising for a few months, and then they give you a new expansion. You know, here's a nightclub. Here's a pet shop. Here's a vampire. Um, That's like the life channel, the lifespan of Sims expansions. Sims 4, because there's not a whole lot to do yet, um, these evolutions are kind of, they're really subtle, and they're not, you know, um, they're, you know, uh, life, def- you say that uh, life defining moments come from planning and micromanagement. There aren't really accidental moments in Sims 4, are there? There's not as many as there should be. I don't think so. What did you think, Patricia? Did you find that if you, uh, I mean, you were talking about micromanaging, did you find that if you left people alone that they did amazing things? It depended. Sometimes, uh, I think uh, since there was this kind of loading problem where if you tried to if you try to go anywhere, there's just like a minute of waiting. I kind of made my Sims stay at their own house the entire time, so they're kind of homebodies. But if I let them do whatever they want at at a public space, sometimes weird shit can happen. 
Like one time, uh, the Grim Reaper just came into the bar and started having drinks with my Sim, which oh, wow. is kind of weird. I don't think anyone died. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing. If the Sim, if uh, the Grim Reaper can just show up sometimes and be like, "Hey, dudes." I've never seen that, um, so I'm quite impressed by that. In, in previous maybe, Sims, maybe it, someone died. <laughs> in previous <laughs> Sims, the Grim Reaper would generally only come. I haven't played the most recent Sims 3 expansions, uh, but I know that in Sims 3 and 2, generally Grim Reaper would only come, he, he would come for you. He would come for your body. You would, right. you're, you're dead. You've lived too long. And you could beg for your life against death. I mean, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't play chess against him or anything, but you, mm-hmm. could, you, know, you could beg for your life. Um, and sometimes he'd spare you, and sometimes he wouldn't, and sometimes you'd become a ghost or what have you, because The Sims has this weird relationship with the supernatural and the real world that I can never quite reconcile. Like, I never really liked the supernatural stuff they have going on, but they're very, very popular, and I imagine modders find them really, really popular to have the supernatural stuff. You know, death and eventually magic and vampires. You could do a whole Twilight-type thing. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure that was very popular at the time. Maybe it still is. I don't know. Is Twilight something that the kids do still? Do the kids still do the Twilight? <laughs> I think people still like vampires. Yeah. And it's about to be Halloween, too, so... So, there we, I'm sure there will be some special DLC they will be selling me uh, for Sims 4. Uh, but, yeah, Death... Death is a character. Um, but, yeah, I, he, he wanders around now. Um, you Occasionally you'll see him. Not a whole lot. Um, which strikes me as... I don't know, off? I just... I mean, it's kind of cool the first time you see it, but then you realize it's, it's just kind of doesn't fit the I guess the fiction in my head if that makes any sense not that a guy peeing himself while he's making macaroni and cheese fits the fiction in my head but you know it's a weird thing but there I don't know it might be Max's thing again I mean we've got spaceships and uh, giant monsters in SimCity it's um, it might even be another 50s throwback or something it might be you know consideration of the Adams family and things like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got so used to that stuff being in there that I don't know if I consider it strange or not. I don't know. I mean, maybe because I played so much of The Sims 1 and 2 and quite a bit of 3, which I liked very, very much. Um, and they were, you know, a little bit more grounded, I think. You know, Sims 2 did have its supernatural stuff right towards the end of its lifespan. But I guess... That sort of, you know, wandering around spirits and, you know, who can just have a drink like it's some terrible Family Guy episode just (laughs) strikes me as it just never fits my world. But then I guess this is part of the micromanagement side of me coming out in The Sims, right? It's I want this to be the world that I'm making. I want these to be my puppets. And they're and they're telling stories, and they have some free will. You want to give them some free will because that's that's where the drama is, right? The drama is when they interact with each other. You can only control one at a time, though you can switch between them in your family. You only really control one single sim at each moment. So there's always a chance of, you know, something terrible going wrong. If you have if you create three families and you're controlling one family, who knows what's happening with the other family at the same time? Um, you know, you could interact with them and get in a big fight and have an affair with a wrong person and break things up and God only knows what's going on in, in, in the Peyton place you've created entirely by accident. There's a 50s re- reference for you that none of the audience is going to get. Um, 
so I guess that's this part of me that wants to have kind of the world on my terms and mm. the weird and it's I don't want to say it's like my, when I play Crusader Kings I understand what my bosses were trying to do with the Aztec invasion expansion but I always turn that off because it just doesn't fit with you know medieval Europe there's not going to be an Aztec invasion I understand why they did it it's a cool neat little thing but that doesn't happen so I don't I don't load that expansion it's just something I do and I can do that um, so as the Sims evolve, and I know this one's going to eventually have, it's going to have the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, yeah, And totally. it's going to have, you know, a wizard school, and it's going to have vampires, and it's going to have, you know, ghosts walking around doing their ghost werewolfy stuff. And that material, which often comes bundled with some stuff I really, really like, always feels a bit weird to me. So I, I kind of... Some of my favorite times in a new Sims series is right before it gets weird. So when it is focusing on, you know, building and building great houses and raising interesting families and, you know, the university expansions for Civ for one of the mm. four Sims 3, that was a great expansion because you could, you know, relive my college days only with a lot less drinking. Uh, it's, oh, you know, it, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of fit the world that I see the Sims as. Um, I think Sim City, Paul, is kind of different because, you know, those are kind of monster movie, those are disaster movie tropes they're throwing in there, you know, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, monsters, alien invasion, that's all just disaster movie tropes. Can you solve the disaster problem? So I think that kind of fits in this weird little fiction. I know I'm drawing arbitrary lines in my head, but that's this is <laughs> this is how criticism works. You know, you draw your lines where you find them. Uh, so I guess that's why that doesn't bother me as much as you know, death walking around getting a drink instead of <laughs> I'm fine with death coming for me when I die. I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, but him meeting me for a drink in the downtown square, it's a very small thing, and it's not. I'm not going to say it makes us a bad game because it doesn't. It still is The Sims, and I think it's. I think it's actually a pretty good Sims. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's as great as Sims Three was. Cause I think it's a little bit smaller, but I think it's a good Sims. But it's just little tiny things. Just yeah. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> well, I suppose those those boundaries could could make sense. Uh... I haven't thought about it that much. Again, I I kind of want to ask Patricia again whether she whether does that appeal to you? Does the the extra oddity make it more or less interesting? Oh, I like when things get weird. So I'm like I'm definitely awaiting. The, I'm like not hyped on having to pay for this stuff, but I'm definitely interested in in the expansions if it means I can suddenly be mixing ghosts with vampires and all this other weird shit and in fact i think like the next thing that i'm gonna do is uh since you can interact with the with the grim reaper i'm gonna see if i can maybe befriend the reaper and then see if i can like call him over sometimes or something which i guess inevitably will mean that i have to like kill a bunch of sims to make him appear all the time <laughs> but you know you, you do what you got to do in the name of friendship <laughs> and do you think that would be more of a draw then if if more weird stuff came out you would be playing more and you would be enjoying that yeah, I actually, like, and I'm not saying I'm not enjoying The Sims 4, because I'm enjoying a lot, uh, but I kind of wish it was weirder, uh, yeah. and this, okay. I think, is probably part of why I'm interested in, in the modding scene, too, just seeing all the bizarre things that the people are like, yeah, 
this Goku shirt totally should be in there and like why isn't this like whatever you know why isn't this brony statue in there like I'm it's not necessarily that I that I want those specific things but if they suddenly appeared in my game you know I would, I would be I would be uh, amused I suppose that's the the ultimate answer then I mean it's it's right. the fact that it can lend the game even more diversity of experience and possibility and this really is it is kind of what I call them my puppets and they it's and you know Will Wright didn't like calling it a dollhouse game because it was a way to sell it but he thought that kind of undervalued you know what exactly was going on how sophisticated the simulation was but it really is kind of this ultimate modders playset where you can, you know, tell your own stories, have all this interaction in a in a large palatial estate, or I guess a My Little Pony statue. <laughs> Which hey, if I'm sure we have some bronies in the audience. Love you guys, uh, and I really do love the creativity of the of the, uh, the Sims audience. I mean. But one thing we can pretty, probably be pretty sure I think is going to be happening, because it has happened before in Sims, is there going, there's going to be some, some heavily branded content eventually, because there's an HMV. Oh, yeah. Uh, because there's there, uh, other expansions, other versions have, a, have had, you know, um, have had branded clothing and this sort of thing. And I think Sims 4, especially with the new delivery system, is going to make it a lot easier, I think, for EA to deliver branded content. To its mm-hmm. users, yeah. Was this something you know you would be supportive of? Something you would be encouraging? Is a specific brand of content you'd like to see? Like, I don't know, for the Avengers, have you know Iron Man show up as a neighbor or something? Or, uh, um, I can't say it's ever top of my list of things, and it never was in the past. I haven't <laughs> installed any of the um, special things for SimCity, and I know there could be, you know, some. Clothing is obviously one possible thing, and yeah. it makes sense. Done before. Yeah, and it makes sense for an advertiser because they reach an enormous audience this way. Uh, you know, there are lots and lots of there are going to be millions of people playing the Sims, but I'm not. Yeah, it, it might depend what it is. I'm I'm not that excited about Iron Man. I'm definitely not excited about a new sweater or a new <laughs> pair of socks. But, you know, that's what we've had. We've had H&M expansions or IKEA yep. expansions where there's a new bed. Yep. Uh, characters is potentially more interesting. But then, again, in a game where you can make characters, I think I'd rather make them than add somebody else's. Yeah. I think for me it would depend on what it is. And, again, if it's, like, weird, even if I didn't want the thing, I think I would download it. Like, if, it, if Snoop Dogg decided that there was a, uh, I don't know, weed uh, hot pocket or something. I would probably download that just to say that I have it, you know. I, if it was well, like <laughs> a weed hot pocket? I can imagine I that just... being discussed in the EA boardroom and how many people who would put their hands up. They're going to be listening to this podcast and just taking notes. <laughs> Kotaku says weed hot pocket. <laughs> uh, but if it was just like, oh, here's a furniture set, uh, I don't think I would be as interested. Even though I think that's probably what would make the most sense for them to to do. Because they 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 have, they have full IKEA furniture as it is. Do they? Oh yeah. Well, they have you know the very simple, weirdly named furniture bits. 
Oh yeah, mm. I suppose they do to some degree. Just, just, that's just for IKEA. But then, does that mean Patricia, you'd be more interested if? Would you be more interested if it was items that did new things, for example, rather than just cosmetic changes? Yeah, I mean, again, it depends. If something's like really strange, I'll I'll download it. But if it uh, if it doesn't really change much, maybe. Maybe not. It, dep- it depends on what yeah. it is. I think it's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, and I think I would agree completely. So when do we get our pools? That's <laughs> Well, that's a, a good question, and that's um, surely going to come. And it, I don't know if that'll come as paid content or free content. But obviously this is a thing that happens with every new Sims release, is you've had years and years of extra stuff and then inevitably some people are upset because it's a kind of a cycle reset and you have to you have to lose something this but time the pool, around the pools were never extra i think that's what bugs people more than anything right. else that the pools were always there from the very beginning um i think that's why pools have been held out as the great missing thing plus you know it's a great way for exercise and you could model swimsuits and all of these, all of these things that people liked, you know, you could have your guy in his speedo or your girl in her bikini, and they could be sunning themselves. Also, great exercise. Besides, you know, the obvious easy murder plot that everyone learns, you know, on day one of The Sims, put him in a pool, take out the ladder. I mean, that's just you know, you people learn that first day of Sim school. Um, but I, I, I do think that should be that will be coming very soon. If it's paid content, it'll be disappointing. But I wouldn't be surprised. They must realize that if they charge for it, like fans are going to freak out. I don't uh, know. So it depends what it's bundled with, right? If it's part of a larger expansion, like a seasons expansion, and it's part of the summer pack, you know, there's winter, you get all this to get snowman and Santa's sleigh and whatever, and summer, mm-hmm. there's also pools, um, winter is skating rinks, and there's ways of having. All of these things just bundle the pools in. I think you know people, you know, grumble a bit, but I think people will pay for it. They couldn't just have the pools as content. Absolutely, they they can't do the the horse armor thing with a pool. But I mean, the seasons expansions it's got to be coming. I would think quite soon in the new year, since that's always quite popular to have the seasons change. I would mm. hope so because I remember really liking that in The Sims Two. But it's supposed to be part of the California thing, though, right? They don't have seasons in California. They, I've heard they have two. Uh, and I mean, I mean that quite seriously. That's <laughs> what I've been told. Yeah. But I've never, I've always been there while one of those seasons has been in effect. So. Yeah, my, my, my ex-wife from, was from California, and she said they had two seasons, green and brown. Yep, pre- pretty much. <laughs> you know, sometimes it'll rain. Not so much now because we're in the middle of a drought, but. That's true, yeah. you are. Um, so I think we can wrap up here. Um, any last words, any thoughts, any hopes? What's the first thing you hope for to come next uh, in The Sims, Patricia? What do, you, what do you want them to add as a Christmas gift for you? Snoop Dogg? I don't know. <laughs> I think there's just the thing that I was thinking about uh, earlier. This is not a hope, just a, a last thought, uh, is that uh, I, I see a lot of similarities between The Sims and GTA uh, and what players do in, in GTA. Like, obviously, there are no guns and, and there's no driving in The Sims, but in terms of, like, I don't know, role-playing and, like, sitting around in your house and picking your outfits and, like, and that sort of thing. Um, so maybe they... Maybe uh, in terms of... Okay, 
an actual thing that I would love if they added to the Sims would probably be Pokemon. I don't know if that would ever happen, but, you know, one can dream. That would be astonishing. That would be remarkable. I mean, I, it's not a bad idea, Sims Pokemon crossover. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, Paul? Hello. Uh, mm, I don't know. I don't know, Troy. What am I supposed to be thinking of? Um, more career paths, more, more, more romance options. I, uh, I, I have a lot of love for quite a lot of things that Maxis do, and I, I've realized this as I've got older. But maybe I have an amount of series fatigue where, because I've been playing The Sims for about 15 years... It's a, it feels like forever, doesn't it? It does feel like forever, and it's a game that I've had a lot of... It's a series I've had a lot of fun with and invested a lot of time in. They'd, yeah. they'd really have to shake things up, and um, I, a, a season's well, edition would be great, and obviously they can add more of whatever they have now, or they could add pets, or they could right. add pools, or they could add toddlers, but I'd like something a bit more... Different, but I don't know what that is. Well, because EA has said, you know, if this doesn't sell to expectations, this could be the last Sims. Mm. And it's very odd for a company to come out and say that about which that has been one of their flagship series. Jeez, that almost feels like a threat. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, guys, don't buy this, then it's not going to be more. Was that a a correct quote? Was that a misquote or a misreading of a quote? Because I thought there was some forum discussion about that, but I could be wrong. I hope so. Uh, we'll have to double-check that, uh, yes. And if there's a correction for us to make, we'll be making it on the forum. But, yeah, but that does... The fact that people could believe that could be said even speaks to either you know, serious fatigue from the audience or maybe some thinking that maybe EA, after the you know the not-great reception for SimCity, uh, might be wondering what's coming out of the Maxis Sims you know, family. Well, I, hmm, I don't know what to say about that because that would be a shame because it's a studio with an incredible history, and since being acquired by EA, that's the time, in my opinion, where the the history has been occasionally tarnished and where you've had the sort of the the My Sims, Wii U knockoff things, which have been kind of okay, um, and you know they're not. Where were they previously? They were somewhere around Redwood, or am I inventing that? And there's now two Maxis studios in two different places. And now I think a team in Finland and a team in Utah, and everything like that is going to start working differently if you start distributing people and causing them to turn a series into much more of a franchise. And I think it would be very sad if they decided that they had to reconsider their future or... Or something like that, because I think Maxis have a wonderful history and is probably still full of people who have a lot of, you know, creativity and potential and good ideas. Yeah, I I think I'm with you, Paul, that I really would like to see this, them, you know, shake things up quite a bit uh, with uh, Sims. But I'm not sure what that actually means. I mean, does that mean moving it more towards, you know, Grand Theatre? Does that mean moving it more towards... Um, what we would traditionally see as a game game with more, you know, planning. Does this mean better mod tools and better better content sharing, which I think is, you know, 
probably the great success and future of Sims is if they can get the content sharing system working very smoothly so people can easily trade stuff. Though it didn't work so well for Spore, which was the last great game where they wanted people to share all of their designs with each other. That never seemed to give the game much longevity, but then Spore didn't have the same... wasn't as good a game uh, as The Sims is. Yeah, I do... Uh... I don't know. We could see about that. I've had a bunch of problems. I'd be interested, Patricia, whether you downloaded a lot of extra houses or families because I tried it a few times, but it crashed an awful lot. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I need to go back in and see what's what's cool that people have uploaded. I've mostly been kind of dabbling with mods, and even those do tend to crash a lot and such. Okay. Uh, before we close, I want to uh, reiterate uh, some things that Rob said uh, at the end of last week's podcast. If you didn't listen, he mentioned that our good friend and one of the founders of Three Moves Ahead, founding panelist Tom Chick, is fighting uh, some very advanced kink- e- 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 esophageal cancer. Um, the, for- the forecast, the medical forecast, he says, is is okay. Um, he's doing well, though he will not be podcasting either on either his movie podcast or his games podcast, or of course, Three Moves Ahead, while he undergoes radiation treatment um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, we, of course, uh, send Tom all of our love and all of our respect. There would not be a Three Moves Ahead uh, without Tom Chick. And I'd argue I wouldn't have any career at all uh, if I weren't for uh, the advice, support, and uh, good friendship of uh, Tom Chick. Um, Stephanie Shop, uh, one of the best PR people in the business. She represents uh, uh, Gas Lamp Games. She represents Stardock. Uh, she's you know, my spirit animal. She's pretty freaking awesome. She uh, has started a GoFundMe campaign to help Tom with his uh, medical uh, costs because it can be expensive. Uh, he is a freelancer. So with all of that involved, uh, as far as additional costs, since he will probably not be able to take on uh, any additional contract work or consulting work while he's undergoing treatment. So if you do a GoFundMe search, just GoFundMe, one word, and then Tom Chick, that will take you to uh, the Fundgate Tom Chick Beats Cancer campaign. Um, I like Fundgate because it is... Uh, a bunch of us in you know PR and development and journalists getting together and we are colluding for good. We're getting together to help somebody who's meant so much uh, to this industry. Um, we're, we've already blown past uh, the target that Stephanie set, but we, I'm sure we can get some more. So go to Google and search GoFundMe Tom Chick and uh, and donate uh, if you like what we do in the podcast i'm sure throw him uh, a few bucks and a little note and uh, remind him that he is loved and he is missed and that we sent him all of our good wishes uh paul and patricia thank you for being here tonight thank you yeah no problem and thanks to michael hermes who will be cleaning up the audio and hopefully editing out some of my hacking allergy coughs uh, through this as he does great work every week for us. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, last month, September 2014, was our second best month ever for downloads. Uh, we're really uh, expanding in traffic here, so thank you for spreading the word. Uh, we are We appreciate it, and I hope you all have a good night. So goodbye, everyone. <laughs>